Welcome to the Money Hour with host Tina Mitchell. Tina Mitchell, MLO 145420, is a licensed loan originator with Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited, NMLS 134871. The views expressed by the speakers on the following program are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views of Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited, nor are they necessarily endorsed by Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited. Now in the studio, local mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell. Welcome to the Money Hour at 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, August 20th show. You can also listen to my show podcast, Facebook premiere, or you can catch my show on my show YouTube channel. In addition, for more information on my upcoming community outreach events, please go to tinamitchellevents.com. I am your host and local mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell, bringing in expert advice and inside knowledge on today's events and how they can affect your money. If you are hearing my show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast. I'm here to answer any questions or more importantly, to connect you with the two guests that I have on the show today. Please call the show at 1-855-411-50. Again, that's 1-855-411-50. You can also go online to themoneyhour.com. And our lineup for today's show, today we'll be having a panel conversation with my two guests, Corey Brewer of Windermere Property Management, Lori Gillen Associates, and Nick Anderson of Chosen Leader. I also will be having a separate conversation with Corey on rental market statistics and legal updates. Followed conversation with Nick, leading from the middle in corporate America. Also, if you're watching my show on Facebook live premiere or YouTube channel, I would like to take this opportunity to introduce two very important people that make this all come together. First, my producer over at Hubbard Radio, Benny. Hi, Tina. Always good to see you. Thank you for being here. Well, we wouldn't be here if you weren't here. (laughs) And (laughs) next to say thank you to my marketing director, Becky. Hi, Tina. So happy to be here. Thank you. Yeah, all the hard work that happens behind the scene is taken care of by Benny and Becky. So thank you to both of them. Great information and great guests on studio. For more information on any topic discussed, please call the show at 1-855-411-50. Again, that's 1-855-411-50 or online at themoneyhour.com. And let's go ahead and start out the show as I do each week with a little bit of money chat. Money Tina Mitchell here with your money chat. In housing news, existing home sales, which measures closing on existing homes, show that sales were down 5.9% in June at a 4.81 million annualized pace, which was pretty much in line with expectations. This likely measured activity in May and June, including the peak rates that we saw in June. On a year-over-year basis, sales are down 20%, which is leading many in the media to say that we are in a housing recession. But there is a big difference between a housing activity recession, which we are currently in, and a home price recession. Activity has no doubt slowed down, but for a consumer who is buying a home and may be scared by the media headlines, home prices are still being supported by low inventory, and there are signs that demand is still strong if you price your home correctly. Nationwide 
Inventory increased slightly from 1.2 million to 1.31 million, but a smaller increase than what we've been seeing, possible starting to crest like that we see every year around this time. There is now a 3.3 month supply of homes, which is tight because in most markets, six markets, six months are considered a balanced market. But if you look at the active listings, there are only 747,000, which means that 43% of the inventory is existing home sales reports is under contract and not truly available. This speaks to demand as a normal market is 25% of inventory under contract. And while there are reports that some homes are still sitting on the market, if they are priced correctly, they are not. According to Redfin, 44% of homes sold in bidding wars with an average of 3.5 offers in July. While this is lower than the peak of 70% in January, it's still strong. If you look back to 2019, there were only 10% of homes in bidding wars and we now and we saw what happened after that there were listings that saw price reductions, but every expert that I speak with is saying the same thing. If the home is priced realistically, it will move. While rates are higher and demand is lower in housing, there are a lack of better options. You have to live somewhere, and we've seen rents elevate. In CoreLogic's June rental index showed that rentals increased moderately slightly on a year-over-year basis from 13.9% to 13.2%, but still remains nearly double that we've seen a year ago and still near record lows. We're going to hear a little bit more of what's really happening in our local market on rents when Corey comes in on his individual uh, interview today. Uh, looking at new construction, home starts in July were down almost 10% to 1.45 million unit pace, which was worse than the 2.5 decline expected. Starts are down 8% year-over-year. Single-family starts, which is most important important were down 10% last month and 916 million unit pace. They are now down 18.5% year over year. The slowing in new construction and supply that we are seeing is going to hurt economic activity, but from a price standpoint, we will see somewhat it being supported. As demand is declining, declining, so is supply. This is very different from the housing bubble where demand was decreased but supplying of the homes was significantly increasing. Housing permits, which is a the future supply, were down 1% last month at a 1.67 million unit pace, but single-family homes were down more significantly, dropping by 4% last month to 928,000 units in 12% year-over-year. Housing units authorized, but not yet started, were up 5% from last month and 18% year-over-year, speaking to the backlog in building. First-time buyers have accounted for 29% of sales, down from 30% in the previous report. Cash buyers accounted for 24% of sales, down from 25%, and investors purchased 14% of the homes, down from 16%. For closers and short sales, only account for roughly 1% of all transactions. A takeaway, if you're a seller, price your home correctly. Tina Mitchell, and that is your money chat. Coming up next in the Money Era panel conversation with my two guests, Corey Brewer of Windermere Property Management, Lori Gillen Associates, and Nick Anderson of Chosen Leader right here on 1150 AM KKNW. Want to promote your business uniquely and effectively? KKNW is the answer. Let us help you produce a professionally sounding radio show or podcast. Learn more at 1150kknw.com. KKNW, talk variety that's live and local. 
Broaden your horizons. You'll be amazed at all the topics we cover on Alternative Talk 1150. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, on Alternative Talk 1150 AM. Now, back to the show with local mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell. You are listening to The Money Hour at 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, August 20th show. You can also listen to my show podcast, Facebook premiere, or you can catch my show on my show YouTube channel. In addition, for more information on my community outreach events, please go to tinamitchellevents.com. I am your local mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell. It is a great day to talk about money, and that is what my show is all about, how to make money save money so you can have a better quality of life for you and your family. If you are hearing my show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast. I'm here to answer any questions or connect you with the guests that I have on the show today. Please call the show at one 855 411150. Again, that's one 855 or online at themoneyhour.com. And now on our show for my panel conversation with my two guests, Corey Brewer of Windermere Property Management, Lori Gillen Associates, and Nick Anderson of Chosen Leader, right here on 1150 AM KKNW. Welcome to both of you to the show. Tina, thanks, Nick. Nice to see you. Yeah, good to see you, man. I love starting out the show with the panel conversation so my guests get a chance to get to know you a little bit uh, outside of business before we get into your individual interviews. And before I start the panel conversation, I would love to do an introduction for both of you. First, Corey is the Vice President of Residential Operations at Windermere Property Management, Lori Gillen Associates. Their firm is the regional leader for leasing and property management of houses and condo units throughout King County and Snohomish counties. In addition to his day-to-day duties with the brokerage, Corey plays an active role in local advocacy efforts and solutions to problem facing in our local housing market. He serves as a member of the board of directors at the Rental Housing Association of Washington and earned their member of the year award in 2021 for his efforts. Congratulations on that, Corey, and thank you for uh, the support and all you do uh, to support our housing. Thank you. And a little bit about Nick, Nick Anderson is the founder of Chosen Leader, a brand created to support the growth and development of leaders everywhere. Anderson's book, Six Word Lessons for Middle Managers, published in May of 2022. He became an entrepreneur following a 25-year career in banking with roles ranging from senior vice president, commercial banking team leader, managing director of treasury management and payment solutions to head of retail banking and marketing. A graduate of the Pacific Coast Banking School, 2008, Nick was named one of the banking industry rising stars by the Independent Community Bankers Association in 2009. He also holds a master's degree in nonprofit leadership for Seattle University in 2018 and was named the Puget Sound Business Journal's prestigious 40 under 40 list in 2017. He is also an alumni of 2015 in Seattle uh, claimed Civic Leadership Program Leadership Tomorrow. Nick is active in his community as a board member an advisor on nonprofit and public sector organizations. This is why I had both of them in studio, as you can tell from my introductions and their bios, they are well-established and they're doing great things in our local community. So the first question I ask each week 
is what life experience brought you into your line of work? And I think this is important. All my questions are different every week, except for question one, because I want the listeners to get to know um, why you do what you do. So Corey, for you, what life experience brought you into property management? Sure. Yeah. I, I was born in Seattle, grew up on the East side, primarily went to UW. I knew I wanted to stay here. Uh, and so as I was getting toward the end of college, I got some great advice from my dad who, who told me, you know, when you're looking at what you want to do and uh, who you might want to go work for, be mindful of where they're headquartered, because if you ever want to move forward in the organization, you know, you might end up in Minnesota or something. Um, <laughs> and so real estate is about as local as it gets. Yeah. Um, and so that's kind of what brought me into the space. Yeah, thank you, Corey. And Nick, what about you? Um, as I introduced you to my listeners, you've done a lot of things and you're definitely uh, in a transition in uh, your journey with coming in with uh, new ways to really help people have a better quality of life. And so what brought you into what you're doing right now, Nick? Yeah, thanks, Tina. Mm -hmm. I, uh, you know, I started my banking career when I was 17 years old. And early on, I, I saw leaders that I admired and they spoke about the pride they had uh, when someone who worked for them one day became their boss. And so the notion of growing other leaders, growing other people in their own leadership journey just became important to me. And I, I wanted that. Uh, I didn't really understand why, but just recently, someone who worked on my team called me to share that she had been offered a senior, senior vice president job, uh, kind of a dream job. And she was so excited and I was so excited for her. And, and she said, I, I wouldn't have had this opportunity if it hadn't been for you. And, and I really understand now what it was that I thought I wanted back then. And that's, that's why, that's a part of my why. Yeah, that is great, Nick. Thank you uh, for sharing that. And Corey, what is the most unique aspect about what you do in your line of work? Yeah, uh, well, Seattle is a big city, mm -hmm. uh, but the, the real estate community is kind of a small world with, within a pretty large U.S. market. And um, one of the things that I think is kind of cool about my position is I get to be a go-to source of information for a lot of the realtors in the region um, who have that occasional question about rental properties or leasing or management. Um, and, uh, you know, they trust me to help guide them or, or guide their client um, before they feel like it's time to call an attorney. <laughs> That is awesome that you're yeah. the you're the first step before uh, yeah. before and hopefully stopping them from having to call the attorney, right? Yeah, yeah, that is great, Corey. And Nick, what is the most unique aspect uh, about what you do? So the work I do is primarily centered around helping folks who work in leadership roles in corporate America become more effective leaders. And most folks would would attribute leadership tactics and styles and tricks and you know whatnot to to how to become a better leader but that's not the real that's not the real thing the real thing is the work that the leader does in and on themselves and so the the most unique thing that i i do is start with the questions of of who are you and what makes you tick what are your values what are those things that you just won't ever change you won't ever budge on and let's build on that 
Yeah. And that's, uh, that's so true. Um, you, you need to be able to share and you do this through your keynote speaking, uh, Nick, you need to be able to share your story and where you've came from so that they can connect their life to yours and then sharing your why behind what you do, which will motivate and inspire them. And then bring that into why, what their why is. And when you can combine that all together, that's when you have a powerful team and then powerful things can happen from within your organization. So absolutely lead Leading as a leader, um, it starts from the top and works, uh, works, I should not works down, but works comes all together, right? Uh, yeah, those, those things that the, the non-negotiables, uh, those things that you just won't, uh, you won't budge on, like I say, you've got to be clear about that when you're leading to make sure you're in the right spot, doing the right thing with the right people. But it really starts with you. Yeah. And if you're listening to the show and you're not a leader within your, uh, your business, but you work with clients is the same thing with clients. You need to know what your non-negotiables are and attract the clients that align with you. Same as a leader, you want to attract the team that aligns with what you have. So you need to, uh, lead with the non-negotiables. Otherwise the whole process is not going to be successful. And sometimes it takes a long time to get to the not successful process. And it's a really down and not a fun journey to go through. So you want to determine upfront who those right clients are and who is best for your team to make the difference in the community that your organization wants to make. Great advice, Nick. Uh, Corey, what is the next big thing that you're working on right now? Yeah, um, something that hasn't happened in a couple of years really is we're starting to get calls from people who had their homes on the sales market. And you talked in the intro about pricing correctly. Um, they're, they're maybe looking at what their neighbor got and uh, being a little too ambitious. Anyway, they've decided maybe now's not the year to sell because the market has shifted a little bit. Um, we call that maybe an accidental landlord is, is something that we talk about, but we wanna be here as a resource for them. And, and I kind of call it babysit their house for a year. And then they talk to their broker next spring and, and sell it next spring. But in that year in between, um, we are here as a resource uh, to help them achieve success you know, with their property ownership. Well, and I'm sure they are seeing success um, for sure, being represented by you and what's happening in the market and maybe enough success that they actually won't sell it because it's really great to be able to build your real estate portfolio and have some of those rental properties uh, within that portfolio for sure. Uh, Nick, what about you? Uh, can you share the next big thing that you're working on right now? Yeah, you bet. So I, <clears throat> I published a book a couple of months ago that contains a hundred of the lessons that I learned as a leader in corporate America. And I'm actively working one-on-one -on -one with clients and uh, making speeches, as you say, the keynotes. Uh, but I'm right now working on a course, a self-study course. Uh, and I'm, I'm pretty excited about that because uh, financially, it'll be a lot more accessible than, than some of the other uh, group programs and one-to-one -one programs that I've got. So that, that's something that I'm very, very excited about. Yes. And I've, um, I haven't gotten a copy of your book yet because we just recently met, uh, but I definitely will, will, but I've heard some of them and pretty powerful. And then the message uh, behind explaining those in more detail, uh, you've got quite the content uh, to make a difference in people's lives and their business. So Corey, what is the, um, 
or actually that was everything that I wanted to ask you during the panel conversation. So we are actually going to uh, move on to the next part of our show coming up next in the money hour rental market statistics and legal updates. I have Corey Brewer of Windermere Property Management, Lori Gillen Associates right here on 1150 AM KKNW. So have you been promoted recently based on your individual performance, but don't have leadership experience? Are you preparing for a leadership role? Do you want to improve your skills as a leader? Mid-level corporate leaders often don't have resources and support within the companies they are working to build the non-technical leadership skills needed to advance their career. Think of it this way. Every elite athlete in the world has a coach. Some have many. But most of the athletes play for teams with managers and executives. Corporate leaders aren't surrounded by the same depth of coaching support, but are asked to perform at elite levels. Nick Anderson has advised, mentored, and coached many professionals along their career journey, helping people get promoted and make more money, all while prioritizing family, health, and integrity. Contact Nick Anderson today at chosen-leader.com. That's chosen leader.com get your daily dose of variety alternative talk 1150 you're listening to the money hour with your host tina mitchell on alternative talk 1150 a.m now back to the show with local mortgage expert tina mitchell you are listening to the Money Hour at 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, August 20th show. You can also listen to my show podcast, Facebook premiere, or you can catch my show on my show YouTube channel. In addition, for more information on my upcoming community outreach events, you can go to tinamitchellevents.com. I am your host and local mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell. And I'm here to help you build a strong financial blueprint one week and one show at a time. If you're hearing my show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast, but I'm here to connect you with my guest that I have on the show. Please call the show at 1-855-411-50. Again, that's 1-855-411-50, or you can go online to themoneyhour.com. And now in studio, Corey Brewer of Windermere Property Management, Lori Gillen Associates, rental market statistics and legal updates right here on 1150 AM KKNW. And uh, Corey, I'm really excited to have this conversation with you uh, to hear what's happening in our local market and especially on the, on the legal side as well. So since the last time that you were here on my show, uh, what's been happening? Yeah, um, I've been fortunate to come on with you three or four times now, and it seems like every time my topic is the same. It's let's talk about the statistics and what's the legal update. Well, that's um, an important, yeah. that's what everybody wants to know, right? Yeah. There's always, it's a always legal, changing. Yeah. The, <laughs> there's always a legal update. I feel like a broken record here. Um, but uh, that that's been plenty to keep us busy. Uh, we're seeing a lot more specific local regulation popping up here and there. And then of course um, things that have changed as we've as we are, you know, dare I say, coming out of COVID um, and the temporary policies that were in place during that time. And I think last time I talked to you, I was like smack in the middle of eviction moratorium. And so we're beyond that, but we got some other stuff to contend with. Yeah. Wonderful. So last month you completed a comprehensive analysis on rental stats for the first half 
of uh, 2022. So what did you uncover through that process? Yeah, um, so it was a very fast spring market. Uh, looking back uh, historically, I think it was our fastest spring market in about seven years. And so the, the, the amount of time it took for us to get a property up for lease and get it rented very quick, strong demand. Um, I mentioned a little earlier, we've also now started to see uh, some homes coming off the for sale market and turning to the rental market. And that really started to, to kind of accelerate in like late May. And I think you're, you're in, in mortgage, you know this better than I do, but when we did start to see mortgage rates climb, mm -hmm. um, we, it, it was pretty consistent numbers through April and then May, June, July, things have changed a little bit in that regard. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, Corey, how is the shifting on the home sales market affecting you on the rental side? Yeah, um, similar to what I mentioned before. I think the last time we talked, uh, there was kind of this phenomenon of, of people who had attempted to sell their condos in downtown Seattle. Mm -hmm. It was the summer of 2020. And uh, that just didn't work out very well. That was the one market where people really didn't want to live. Everything else was on fire except for yeah. downtown Seattle. Um, and so people would call us after trying to sell for a few months and ask us about the opportunity to lease those properties instead. Um, we are now getting a little more of that in your traditional, you know, four bedroom home with a white picket fence on the Sammamish Plateau type, type of a deal. Um, so I, I kind of touched on that a little bit earlier. Yeah. We're starting to get those calls. Yes. Mm -hmm. So there's been a lot of talk about the historically, the historical hike, um, high spikes in Seattle rents, specifically over the past couple of years. What is your take on that? Uh, sure. Well, that is very true. Uh, rents are up. There's no denying it. This is an expensive place to live. Um, the, the demand for a single family house, particularly on the east side, uh, just skyrocketed over these last couple of years. Um, but what you, when, you, when you see that kind of story in the news, usually uh, what the analysts or the authors or whoever are looking at um, are, when we talk about rental statistics, they're generally looking at apartments. And that's a different kind of segment of the market that will we handle in our firm. And I think you really have to be careful about taking those numbers in context, because if you look at what rents looked like in the spring of this year compared to the spring of last year for apartments in downtown Seattle, yes, they took a huge jump. But relatively speaking, if you look at what the spring 2022 rental numbers looked like compared to spring of 2019, uh -huh. pre-pandemic, we may not have even caught up yet I, because right. rents took such a dive uh, that first spring of the pandemic, particularly apartments in Seattle, uh -huh. that while yes, we do have huge spikes, relatively speaking, let's go back to pre-pandemic and we're probably not, not that far off from what you would consider normal. Okay. Ah, that's good. It's good information. Yeah, a lot of the uh, information I see this in my uh, expertise in a, uh, arena that they have, you know, they have half the facts or half the data, which never puts the full picture together, right? Mm -hmm. So there's been a lot of news lately about different regulations passing at the city level, uh, particularly throughout King County. So can you uh, share some of those updates, Corey? 
Yeah, totally. Um, again, that's one of the biggest challenges that we face in our industry. Um, I don't know what it's like on the mortgage side, how often you have new policies to follow. In the home sales market, it's not very often when the purchase and sale contract goes through some kind of overhaul. Um, but with, with the rental side, the, the governance of the landlord-tenant relationship changes frequently, um, in particular from one city to the next. And uh, we've dealt with that in Seattle as long as I've been in the business. There's kind of been, here's the rules, and then here's the rules in Seattle. And they're different. Um, and now we're starting to see that pop up in other places. Just in the past couple of weeks, the cities of Redmond and Kirkland passed some of their own local uh, jurisdictional rules surrounding security deposits, for example. And um, now we've got a lot of different rules and we're, we're working on internal cheat sheets, if you will, um, to keep our clients, you know, on the right track. And what's tricky about that is we do business in pretty much every city throughout King County. Mm -hmm. uh, and so we've got several dozen potentially sets of rules to follow now. So it keeps me on my toes. Yeah. Um, it's job security. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, you mentioned the sale contract. I've been in the mortgage industry for 27 years and maybe yeah. two handfuls of adjustments, if that, in the sales contract. And, you know, some being recent, you know, uh, very recent, they had the additional down payment addendum and now they're having commission, uh, different addendum for real estate commissions on the buyer's side. So, but it's a handful uh, different than yours. And yeah, on the mortgage side, uh, definitely there's some guidelines and things change. What we've seen in the recent is uh, before the recent, some little laxing and maybe some programs coming back or coming into the market like interest only and, you know, 40-year amortizations now getting pulled back because of the volatility of what's been happening in the lending side. But anyways, uh, everything's a constant change for sure, but I think it's a small portion of what you see in the constant change in your line of work for sure. So Corey, what are some of the strategies that you've been using lately to guide your clients through the changing legal landscape? Yeah, I mean, it's all about communication. Um, and we have such a great team here. Um, I, I mentioned the MLS a little earlier. We're, we're pretty much far and away the number one market share on the MLS. And what that means is that our brokers and our agents here do a lot of business and they see a lot of things and they talk to a lot of people. And that's a lot of knowledge coming together in one room when we meet and talk about these things. Um, and so we are able to roundtable ideas and strategies and then share that for the benefit of all of our clients. So collaboration, communication. Yeah, um, uh, very important. So what is the biggest challenge that you uh, counter with your advocacy efforts that you're in? Yeah, it's making a distinction between those big apartment communities and then the smaller individual we call mom and pop housing providers, which are primar primarily our clients um, who don't have those economies of scale uh, that the larger apartment corporations have. Um, and uh, being able to make a distinction between this type of a rule might work really well for this segment of the market, but it shouldn't be a blanket policy yeah. uh, because every the real estate is hyper local and the different property types are very individual in their ownership makeup and their, their priorities. Um, there's just a lot of nuance. Yeah. And I don't think that that is properly recognized largely by the media and definitely not by local uh, lawmakers. 
Yeah. And so Are we you- got to get that message out there. Absolutely. Are you saying, I mean, the mess that happened in, in, you know, Seattle with rental, are you seeing that that is, is laxing in the Seattle market? Um, or is can it you, still, can you, can you rephrase that? Just in, in really per the protection of the tenant itself and all of the oh, sure. additional requirements that you had for. Yeah. You know, the, that, that whole scope of tenant protection policies, um, I think there are a few that can be accurately described as tenant protections, uh-huh. but, but most of them, I don't think that's an accurate way to describe it. Okay. Um, like, for example, there is a relatively new program that provides financial assistance for victims of domestic violence, for example. Uh-huh. That is one that we are 100% behind. That is a protection. That is someone with a very specific need. They're in a dangerous situation. They need some help. Um, I, I'm fully on board with that one. Uh, some of the other ones, I won't get into too much detail because we don't have a lot of time. Yeah. But ultimately, one of, the, one of the outcomes that you can verify is that since the introduction of some of these policies, the number of available rental houses has dropped. And uh, the city of Seattle in particular has a registry database. And you can see very clearly the thousands fewer uh, rental houses available in the city of Seattle. And you can marry that up pretty easily with the introduction of some of these renter protection policies. So ultimately, if there's less housing to choose from, I don't think that meets that greater goal of tenant protections if they have less to choose from and what is still there costs more makes sense yeah all right so what recent legal changes would you um say that you are in support of if if any yeah well there's that there's that domestic violence one for sure that's a big one um and uh you know generally speaking anything with fair housing is important yes um you know, there, there are, it's actually kind of mind blowing what, what is allowable in some other parts of the country. (laughs) I've, I've learned. Um, I think that uh, we're in a pretty good spot with regard to fair housing here locally. Um, And those, those are a couple examples, I think. Well, that's good. That's good to hear. Mm -hmm. So um, final words of advice to landlords, investors, house hunters or anyone out there on either side of the rental housing market right now? Yeah. uh, Anyone looking for a home, it's the middle of August while we're recording this, hopefully not too late to find a home in the school district that you want. That's a big motivator for people when they're moving. So get your, get that locked down before school starts. Um, uh, On the housing provider side, um, this is still such a great area for uh, our local corporations bringing new jobs to the area. Um, If you provide housing, there's going to be someone here who wants it. And there's lots of good, well-paying jobs in the area. People need a place to live. Um, Such a beautiful place to live. We're in in a great spot. Mm -hmm. And um, I I just, I I foresee the, the future in terms of, uh, you know, having a good local economy and demand for, for people wanting to live here. It's just, we're, we're fortunate in that yeah. way. And I think we're in a good long-term spot for sure. 
So for the investor listening right now, Corey, and if you were purchasing an investment property, when you combine uh, the opportunity of uh, being able to get tenants in uh, easily and balancing that out with the different laws, depending on where you're at, where would you be purchasing your investment? Oh, okay. So Kent and the surrounding area is on fire right now. Blue Origin. Blue Origin is hiring and they've got some really good jobs down in the Kent area, Covington, Maple Valley. Um, anything we put on in like Linwood, it, it goes like that. Um, and then anything in a good school district is, is generally going to be very popular. But yeah, those, those uh, neighborhoods that aren't quite in the central, you know, a little bit more of an outlier, um, they're more affordable. And with working from home, I mean, people don't have to worry about a commute downtown so much anymore. Um, and so there's a lot more people looking in those areas as well. So if, if I'm investing in a rental property, I might be looking in Linwood or Kent or something along those lines right now for bang for my buck. Well, that's great. So if you're an investor, investor listening to the show, uh, call the show and I'll connect you with one of the top real estate partners that I work with within Windermere and they can help you and find that investment property. Uh, Corey, thank you so much for being here. It's always great to hear an update um, as a leading expert in your space. And I really appreciate it. Thank you, Corey. Yeah, thank you. Coming up next to the money hour, leading from the middle in corporate America, Nick Anderson of Chosen Leader right here on 1150 AM KKNW. Do you own rental investment property? Are you staying on top of the ever-changing legal landscape? At Windermere Property Management, Lori Gill and Associates, their goal is to help you achieve your investment goals while supporting the community with much needed rental housing. They strive to put their clients in a position to succeed and build strong relationships with their residents. Real estate is a proven, time-tested investment strategy, and they'll work hard to provide you with a worry-free leasing and management experience. Contact them today at 425-455-5515 or visit them online at wpmnorthwest.com. Talk radio that will get you thinking. Alternative Talk 1150. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, on Alternative Talk, 1150 AM. Now, back to the show with local mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell. You are listening to The Money Hour at 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, August 20th show. You can also listen to my show podcast, Facebook premiere, or you can catch my show on my show YouTube channel. In addition, for information on my upcoming community outreach events, please go to tinamitchellevents.com. I am your host and local mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell. I bring into studio each week the best of the best experts, in our local market on everything regarding your money. And now in studio, I have Nick Anderson of Chosen Leader leading from the middle in corporate America right here on 1150 AM KKNW. Nick, so excited uh, to have you on the show. I had a, an introduction to you um, saying that we needed to connect and you were doing some amazing stuff. I uh, had a great one-to-one uh, with you and said, I need to have you the show now got you booked all happened very quickly because that's the way you do things and i'm just excited to have a conversation with you so thank you so much for coming on my show thanks tina so let's talk about uh what is your brand chosen leader 
all about? I say that the, the brand chosen leader is all about uh, supporting the development of leaders everywhere. And more specifically, what I observed in my corporate career is that there were a number of, of coaches and folks, advisors, mentors who build themselves as executive coaches and coaches to CEOs. I really want to focus on the middle manager, the, the folks that manage branch offices, that manage divisions, uh, areas, territories, because I think that's a really unique place to be, leading from the middle. Perhaps you're, you're responsible to and for a team. You've got executive leadership that you're responsible to. You've got peer leadership that you're uh, reliant on them and their teams, and, and you're pulled in many different directions. So it's, it's a unique space to be in. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, Google tells me there's 11 million middle managers in America, and I just think they need some love. Yeah, well, that, what a great thing to fill a space that needs support, right? And coming from corporate America yourself, you have all of the experience behind the scenes to see how maybe things could be done a little bit differently to take it to the higher, to a higher level. So uh, that is great. And uh, really excited uh, that you're on this, uh, this venture here. So what makes a leader in corporate America successful these days? Yeah. So just, you know, taking into consideration that just about every leader in corporate America is, is in the middle somehow, even even the CEO of a corporation is responsible to a board of directors. You know, they're, they're not it, truly the only uh, autonomous independent leader is the, the founder um, or the entrepreneur. Uh -huh. So what makes someone successful is an ability to relate, an ability to communicate. And what really sets the successful apart from, let's say, the, the average is that person who can look in the mirror and be real honest about what they see. It's the person who dedicates their life to self-improvement, to always getting better, even when they're really good. Yeah. They walk through life with humility and confidence. That balance is very important. Yeah, and that, and that is, and that is the perfect balance, walking with humility and confidence. And, but it's, it's a process that you have to go through to get there because when you're going through the humility stage or the, vul, um, yeah. um, the vulnerable stage, it That's is not good as your first start there. And it actually, at the beginning, it can take away some of the level of expertise until you've mastered that space, but you can't yeah. prevent yourself from leveling up in fear of that temporary step back that you have to take to get there. Would that be correct, Nick? It, it is. And when I work one-on-one -on -one with individuals, you know, we start with a, who are you? What are you about? And, and to be quite honest, um, I want to spend time with someone to, to discern whether or not I can get along if, if we're going to be friends. Because if I... I mean, I just say it straight up. If I don't like you, I, we're not going to work together. And vice versa. If you don't like me, then we shouldn't work together. Sure. So, but in that conversation, some things will be uncovered and we'll follow up with um, an assignment of one, two, three, maybe four different um, assessments of personality and skill. Mm -hmm. These are very familiar assessments. There's the Strengths Finder and the Myers-Briggs and so forth. Um, what I will do is ask my clients, four questions. What did you read that you agree with? And what did you read that you disagree with? 
what did you read that you liked? And what did you read that hurt the most? Uh, it's really that last question that I want to focus on because these are the areas of insecurity, the areas that we hide in the shadows that, that come out sideways in, you know, dysfunctional and toxic management. And I want to pull them out and put them in the light and and let's, let's shore that up. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's the humility um, piece that you talk about where you got to maybe take a step back before you can take two or three steps forward. Yeah, you got to dig deep and get down to the uh, the core of where the problem is. Otherwise, it's going to spiral downhill very quickly, and then it's going to affect everybody that you're really there to support. Uh, so a lot of people are talking about the great uh, resignation. What are your thoughts around that? Yeah, and there's even this new uh, label of uh, quiet quitting. So, you know, I'm, I'm a card-carrying member of the great resignation crowd, right? I, I worked 25 years in banking and retired six months ago when okay. millions of other people left their jobs. And, and this to me is an indication that, that companies, that corporate leadership has not figured out how to keep people engaged. Um, and there's, there's actually, there's an element of this that I, I want to liken to a college uh, sports program. Mm-hmm. Um, so it used to be in the corporate world that there was an expectation someone would come to work for the company for 10 or 20 or 30 or 40 years and then retire. But it's never been that way in college sports. The college coaches have always known that they've had stu- that they would have students for four years. And yet there are college sports programs that are year after year after year successful. I think the current paradigm in the workforce requires uh, corporate managers to perceive their workforce like a transient student uh-huh. workforce that you might only have someone for two, three or four years. Mm-hmm. And that's not a bad thing. Yeah. When I started my career in, in banking, the, the first job that I had, I held for eight years. And when I was leaving, I was scared because I was afraid that would look bad on my resume. Mm-hmm. And this is just wrong thinking. I then went on to another job for five years and then three years. And then my last one was six in those short periods of time, I did more for those companies because I was really focused. I was engaged. And when I was done with my work, it was time for me to move on. Yes. But, yeah, and they I, can bring someone new in that has that same level of excitement of the new yeah, opportunity. Yeah. So I think rather than, than, than being um, afraid of this from the employer perspective, there's yeah. an opportunity to really embrace it and say, hey, uh, what is it that you want to do with the rest of your life? Yes. How can we be a part of that journey for you for two or three or four years. And let's be really clear about our production expectations. Yes. And, and let's make a fair trade. We'll, we'll get three years of your life and you'll get some form of compensation and experience in return. Mm-hmm. And if it's all clean and clear. Yeah. Sounds good to me. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. So uh, who do you work with, Nick? I, you shared a little bit, obviously you're, yeah. you're finding somebody that you, that you like, and you like me and uh, you're here on my show. So I like you and you came yeah, like into my you. show. So you yeah, like me. Like so, you. Yeah. <laughs> so share a little yeah. bit more about uh, who, who your well, ideal. I originally set out to serve that middle management community. In fact, the book that I wrote is titled six word lessons for middle managers. And I share all of my content and my ideas across every social media platform ever invented. That's exciting and tiresome at the same time. I noticed that on your keynote, all of it scrolling, yeah. your keynote page, yeah. all of it scrolling at the bottom. I'm like, oh, I'm missing out on quite a few of those. But it's a creative itch and I like it. Um, yeah. 
So what's very interesting is that about 50% of my clients right now um, are nonprofit executives, mm-hmm. nonprofit CEOs. Okay. Um, and the other, the other 50% is a mix of either high-performing salespeople that want to be in a leadership role or someone who's just been promoted into a leadership role and they don't really have the support around them. Um, I'm working with one person who's in transition in, in their career, so not employed. Um, so there's, there's who I thought I was going to serve. Mm-hmm. And then there, there are the folks that are responding to the content that I'm sharing. And I think the lessons in my book are, are ubiquitous. It's not a book necessarily for middle managers, although that was my desire. I, I probably could have titled it Six Word Lessons for Life. Uh-huh. Um, so that's, that's who's responding. So yeah, it's been real fun. Been real fun. That is great. So, why do leaders hire you uh, for their coach, Nick? Um, I think what is the biggest problem that they have that they they're they're bringing you on. Yeah. So the the problems that I'm being asked to solve are um, I want to be promoted and I've been passed up. Okay. Or, uh, I want to be promoted and I don't think I'm ready. Okay. Or uh, my company is not treating me well. I'm undercompensated and I'm looking for a new, a new role. Mm-hmm. Um, and then lastly, it's, I'm actually really successful in my career, but my, my personal life is just all out of whack. Yeah. And, and so people hire me, I think, because I'm very open and authentic in the stories that I share uh, on all these social media platforms. I tell about my journey in life and my struggles and the things that I've overcome while, while also being successful. Um, you know, I share the, the L's and the W's. And I think, you know, when those stories hit, when they resonate, then someone wants to reach out and say, Hey, I, I think, I think you understand what I'm going through. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah I, I uh, listened to your keynote uh, right after we uh, met and the, the poem that your dad wrote literally had me in tears. And, and then you shared after reading the poem that was right before he took his life and, you know, sharing the story of the walk that you and your wife went on and, and she was hit by a car and didn't survive. I mean, I'm just, it's going to bring me to tears right now. And I have my own story, as you know, uh, of tragedy to triumph, but that really is the key. It's embracing our story and who we are mm-hmm. so that you can share that story, be vulnerable with the people that need your message and or product and service that you have to offer. And then it can, they can be able to connect with you, connect with themselves through their story. And then be the person that they were designed to live by living in their story as sharing their story as well. Because I believe our story, we should reach to the past for what's as, what feels proud that we got through that and the lessons that we can learn and share with others and then be excited for our future as well. You know, right? I do, I do. Yeah. Amen, yeah. amen. Amen. Yeah. So Nick, what are some of the successes of your clients that you have, that they've had after working with you? Um. Such a timely question because it was, here's real-time story. Just yesterday, um, uh, someone, someone whom I've worked with uh, got the job offer that she, the, the dream job, the big title, the, the big everything, um, and it was just a massive, massive win. Yay! Um, and then, you know, another, another story that was, you know, this might be six weeks old now, um, but a man that I was working with uh, was in that position of feeling, you know, maybe undervalued and, and not clear on, do I stay, do I go? And um, 
through our time together, he actually uh, fielded a couple offers from competitors mm -hmm. and then had a conversation with his current employer um, and was able to, to get, get what he wanted, get what he wanted. And what's funny is, you know, that could be deemed a compensation conversation, but it really wasn't. Mm -hmm. Our work together was on his clarity of what exactly he wanted to do with his career because yeah. the job offers that he had were, were very different than the one than the job that he that he had and ultimately retained um and so there's a lot of confusion that can happen in a person's life when faced yes. with with that and you know we we got clear uh, yeah. Well, and through clarity, you're building their confidence. And then with confidence, they're going to share and go and lead with what they what they want. And that's the power of what you're doing, uh, Nick. So what advice do you have for someone wanting to become a leader in their profession? Yeah. Uh, oh, so often that the desire to lead is a focus externally. So I say it this way. Uh, leadership is a choice. And leadership is not necessarily the choice of the leader mm -hmm. but leadership is always the choice of someone who chooses to follow another um john maxwell said if you if you think you're leading but no one's following well you're just taking a walk so the notion of leadership really requires someone else making a decision mm -hmm. and you don't have any control over that yeah. the only thing that you control are the decisions you make for yourself so it goes like this the choice of leadership for the person who wants to lead is such that, that you should choose to live in a way that if someone else chooses to follow you, you would be proud of that. And yeah. so, yeah. so much of the work that we do in The Chosen Leader is on self. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I've already uh, shared some things uh, personally in the struggles that you have gone through uh, in your life and uh, why you are the person that you are today. Uh, but as I'm wrapping up my time uh, with you, Nick, personally, what do you like to do for fun? Yeah, well, in, in this season of retirement, you know, about 25% of my life, I'm pretty clear on my time allocation, 25% of my life is reserved for the time with my my children and and myself and I just took my oldest son on a 22 mile hike across the enchantments in Leavenworth and that was a 20 hour experience we got on the trail at 6 a.m and got off at 2 a.m uh and it was I mean it, it's just a, a memory that we will both share forever yeah um, and I, I play a lot of sports and do a lot of outdoor stuff mm -hmm. um and, but it's it's that that kind of memory that I'm really interested in making uh, for my boys and for myself. So someone's listening to the show right now, and I'm sure there's many someones that are listening to the show, but I always like to just talk to one person that's listening. So if you're listening to the show right now and you want to get connected with uh, Nick, and I hope that I've inspired you to do so because he's an amazing person, amazing soul and doing beautiful things in this world. Nick, how do they get in contact with you? Best way is through the website, chosen-leader.com. All those socials are on there. My phone number's on there. I like it when people call. Uh, call, email, text, direct message. Yeah, chosen-leader.com. Chosen-leader.com. Nick, it was a pleasure to have you on my show. I'm Thank excited you. to uh, watch you in your journey and definitely to have you back on the show with updates. So thank you so much. Thank you. 
And please call the show at 1-855-411-50. Again, that's 1-855-411-50 or go online to themoneyhour.com to connect with either one of my guests on the show. And I want to thank uh, both of you again for being here and sharing with my listeners. Thanks so much. Thank you again. Tina Mitchell, your host and your local mortgage expert. I have to sign off as I do each end of my show, but I will be back next weekend, same time, same place, right here on 1150 AM KKNW. Tina Mitchell, MLO 145420, is a licensed loan originator with Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited, NMLS 134871. The views expressed by the speakers on the preceding program are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views of Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited, nor are they necessarily endorsed by Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited.